You're listening to Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols. Support for this project is provided by listeners like you. Visit my website at p3photographers.net for ideas on how you too can become a supporter of the project. Welcome to Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols, the podcast where we celebrate early women artisan photographers. I'm your host, Lee McIntyre. In today's episode, our quest is to bring into focus the family history of the photographers behind the Peasley Studio in Medford, Oregon. Along the way, we'll unexpectedly uncover multiple marriages, minor mysteries, and even a possible murder. For more information about any of the women discussed in today's episode, visit my website at p3photographers.net. That's letter P, number three, photographers.net. Hi, everybody. Today's story is going to start with a photograph. It's not just any photograph. It's a photograph of my husband's grandmother. My father-in-law, Stan Cooley, who has been a great supporter of the project. Thanks so much, Stan. One day, he brought out this picture of his mother, Helene Coke Cooley, and he said, hey, do you guys know anything about the studio that took this picture? Now, Helene Coke, as she was known before she was married, was living in Medford, Oregon in 1932. And she went into a studio there and had her picture taken. And it's a great shot. She's dressed in this elegant long gown and light or white colored shoes. She's got her hands on her hips. She's probably about 18 or 19. Her youthful exuberance really just flies out of that image. I mean, she's staring into the camera with a great big grin on her face. It's a photo that's about 8 by 10, and it's enclosed in this folder that has a gorgeous floral decoration around the edges. What's interesting is that the photographer's studio address and the full name of the studio is not indicated on that folder. However, written on the photo itself, it says Peasley's with a little flourish. So the name of the photographers then were the Peasleys. So to answer my father-in-law's question, what Chris and I needed to do was figure out who were the Peasleys who were running the studio. So our first quest is to find out if there was a photography studio called the Peasleys in Medford, Oregon in 1932. Turning to the internet, we look for digitized directories from Medford, Oregon, and we run into our first problem. The digitized directories online don't start from Medford, Oregon until 1935. But wait, in 1935, the Peasley Studio is still there. And hey, what do you know? It's run by a husband and wife, which means that we now have a woman photographer to explore in the story. And we can see if she started her career before 1930, so she can fit into the regular P3 Photographers project. But we really need to see if this is the Peasley Studio that... Chris's grandmother could have gone to. And that would be in 1932, so we don't have a directory, so we need to see if we can find any other information, maybe in newspapers that are digitized online. We're looking for references to the Peasley Studio. We really want to confirm whether or not Mr. and Mrs. Peasley from 1935 actually started running that studio there in Medford early enough to qualify to have been the one that Chris's grandmother went to. So when we look around in the newspapers online, Actually, we stumble across a notice for a studio called the Peasleys, but in Portland, Oregon, in 1918, where it was run by Mr. and Mrs. Peasley. So this is getting interesting now, and more complicated, because are Mr. and Mrs. Peasley in Portland, Oregon, in 1918, 
Are they the same Peasleys who are running the studio in Medford, Oregon in 1935, the one we can see in the directory? And when we think to the context of the Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols project, can we determine if the Mrs. Peasley in 1918 is the same one that was running the studio in 1935 in Medford? To figure all this out, today I'm going to take us backwards in time a bit. Now the reason for this is that we want to find out where the Peasleys came from. And the easiest way to do that is usually to start with the man and find out his background. Because, of course, his name doesn't change like the wives' names change. So we're going to leave the 1930s behind and travel back before the turn of the century to find out the origin story of Mr. Peasley. That is, Mr. Albert E. Peasley, the photographer from both Medford and Portland in the 20th century. If we can figure out where Albert E. Peasley came from, and who it was that he married, then we'll get the maiden name of his wife, and it'll make it easier to track her story. Albert E. Peasley was born on April 14, 1877, in Dallas, Iowa. His parents were Albert and Sarah Peasley, and because his father's name is the same as his name, I'm going to be calling the photographer who we're going to be tracking across the country I'm going to call him not Albert, but Bert Peasley, and leave Albert Peasley to refer to his father, who will enter the narrative later on. Albert Peasley, the father, though, was not a photographer. In 1880, we find that Albert and Sarah Peasley have moved their family to Perry, Kansas, from Dallas, Iowa. Later still, about a decade later, they move the family to Nebraska City, Nebraska. And that is where Bert Peasley gets married in 1899 to Anna May White. Bert and Anna wind up having a daughter, Gladys, and in the early part of their marriage, they live in Nebraska City for a short time, but then we find Bert Peasley taking his photography career and his family all over the Midwest. So they wind up for a while in Corning, Iowa, where Bert buys into and partners with another photographer, then buys that photographer out, runs the studio for a while himself, and then sells that studio and moves on. We see him in Missouri, we see him back in Iowa, we see him back in Kansas, and back in Nebraska City. But then by 1910, we find that Anna and Bert have up and moved clear across the country to Seattle, Washington. That's where Bert is the co-owner of a photography studio called Lynn & Company, partnering with a Mr. Lynn to run that photography studio for a couple of years, 1910 and 1911. Now, it's interesting that uh, Bert clearly gets along really well with his in-laws because Anna Mae White's parents, Thomas and Jenny White, actually move across country with Anna and Bert and little Gladys and are living there in Seattle in 1910. Interestingly, though, Bert and Anna are on the move again because in 1912, we find them in Tacoma, Washington, where Bert is now working for the F.J. Lee Studio. And before I go on, I should pause for a moment just to point out that Anna White Peasley, Bert Peasley's wife at this point, she's not a photographer, at least not as far as I can tell from anything that we found in the public record. So Bert Peasley in his studios isn't actually working at all with his wife, at least not as far as we can tell, but that's about to change. Well, that is, Bert Peasley's wife is about to change. At some point prior to July 5th, 1913, well, hopefully prior to July 5th, 1913, Bert and Anna Peasley get divorced. You see, on July 5th, 1913, Mrs. Anna Peasley 
actually marries another man, Edgar Courtright. Now, he's not a photographer, and as I said, Anna Peasley or Anna Peasley Courtright is not a photographer. And I'll tell you that Bert and Anna's daughter, Gladys, never apparently works as a photographer either. Well, since there aren't any women photographers in following Anna and her story, we're going to leave Anna and her new husband, Edgar, in Tacoma, and we're going to continue our journey south down the coast with Bert Peasley. So after Anna gets remarried in 1913, Bert apparently wanders around. We don't find him in a directory in 1913, but in 1914, he pops up working as a photographer in the photography studio of W.G. Cuthbert in Portland, Oregon. Now that studio, as it turns out, is being managed by a young woman named Alda Burke. She graduated from high school in Portland in 1908 and studied for a while at the Chicago Art Institute before returning to Portland and apparently taking up photography. Before 1914, she spent a few years working as an assistant in various photo galleries there in Portland. But in 1914, Bert and Alda are working together in the W.G. Cuthbert studio because Alda is actually running that studio. We can imagine that maybe when Bert and Alda met, romance was in the air. I mean, maybe they met cute or sparks flew, but they must have fallen in love pretty quickly. Choose your favorite romantic trope because there's no actual record of their meeting and courtship, but everything happened so fast that by March of 1914, Alda Burke and Bert Peasley are getting married. We can even get a brief image in our head of what Aldeberg might have looked like because they, we learned that she's a pretty brunette who wore a blue brocade gown to get married in. Both Alda and Bert Peasley, after the marriage, continue to work in Portland in different photography studios, but it is in different photography studios because for the next few years, they don't actually work together again. But in 1918, they open the Peasley Studio in Portland, Oregon. That's the same year, actually, that Alda gives birth to their son, Irvin Peasley. So it's the Peasley studio, but it's in Portland. So is Alda Peasley the Mrs. Peasley that's running the studio in Medford, Oregon? We continue to investigate. We find a lot of advertising in the paper for the Portland Peasley studio. Um, it's got some very fancy ads with pictures, photos even, of what kinds of photos they do. They do studio portraits. They'll do portraits of events. They do the debutante pictures that are published in the newspaper. Interestingly, in the Library of Congress archive, there's actually a photo by the Peasley studio circa 1920. That's a photo of a group standing around a small, I don't know if it's a biplane, I don't know about planes. It says in the Library of Congress database that this image was taken either in Washington or Oregon at an airport. The group is standing around and the pilot is looks like he's reaching down to get a plaque or something. It's a whole group of gentlemen standing there. The date on it is circa 1920, and so that's definitely a product of Alla and Bert's studio. Their studio is thriving there. The Peasleys are very popular, and they have these interesting notices in the paper. I mean, in May of 1921, there's a notice that says that the Peasleys, as a studio, as photographers, are, quote, unexpectedly excellent at taking portraits, which I found an interesting turn of phrase. In 1921, they're taking out ads with many photographers in town, urging people to come into somebody's studio, anybody's studio, it doesn't matter which of them, uh, to get their picture taken for Christmas, like to give as Christmas presents. But it's interesting to see that they're actually partnering on these ads with other studios. So as I said, the Peasley Studio in Portland is doing really, really well there in the early 1920s. Unfortunately, we find that the Peasley marriage is apparently not. 
I'm not sure of the exact dates of any of this, but it would seem that by 1923, Alda and Bert Peasley's marriage must be over. In 1923 in Portland, the Peasley's studio is being managed just by Alda Peasley. Bert Peasley is nowhere to be found in the directory. In 1924, Mrs. Alda Peasley is still in Portland, but now she's running a studio just called Mrs. Alda B. Peasley. She's no longer running the Peasley's studio. But again, Bert is nowhere to be found. So, by 1924, Mrs. Alda B. Peasley is no longer associated with a studio called the Peasley's. So that indicates that Alda Peasley is not the Mrs. Peasley, who is part of the husband-wife couple running the Peasley studio in Medford in 1932. So for the moment, since we're, today we're on the hunt to figure out who that woman was, we're going to leave Mrs. Alda B. Peasley in Portland working there on her own and switch over to just pick up Bert's trail to see where he's headed. So we need to figure out where Bert winds up when he disappears from the Portland directory in 1923. But I'm actually going to back up a little bit to 1920. I mean, while the Peasleys are running the Peasley studio in Portland, and by the Peasleys then, I mean, of course, Alda and Bert, in that same time period, there's a young woman named Lorene Hanners, and she turns out to be interested in becoming a photographer. In fact, in 1920, she's living with her parents in Portland and already working in a photography gallery in Portland, although working for someone else, not running a gallery on her own. Now, it's fun to kind of speculate that hmm, maybe she was actually working for the Peasley studio, and that's perhaps how she and Bert Peasley might have met. But I have to say, there is absolutely no evidence at all of any of that. And in fact, there seems to be some evidence that after Alda and Bert's marriage fell apart, circa 1921, Bert Peasley actually takes off for a studio in Stockton, California, working there circa 1922. So it's not clear how Bert might have hooked up with Lorene Hanners. But in fact, by 1923, Bert is back in Oregon, and we find that he has married young Lorene Hanners. She's 19 years younger than him. They move to Klamath Falls, where they open up a studio called The Peasleys. So Bert Peasley actually had had a studio called The Peasleys in Portland uh, up until 1921 with his then-wife, Alda. And then in 1923, he opens up a new studio in Klamath Falls called The Peasleys with his new wife, Lorene Hanners Peasley. Now, there are numerous ads for the Peasley Studio in Klamath Falls, and it's similar to the kind of ads that we see for the Peasley Studio in Portland, where they're partnering with other studios to get people to come out and get your picture taken for various events, particularly for Christmas. There's also an interesting thing in 1923 that there's apparently some photo fakers going around trying to scam people to get pictures of their babies taken. And the scam is saying that it's associated with the Peasley studio in Klamath Falls, but the Peasleys uh, make sure that they get an interview published in the paper that says they have nothing to do with the scam. Their name is just being used without their consent. For the next few years, the Peasleys, and again, at this point, Mr. and Mrs. Peasley are Bert and Loreen, well, they're living in Klamath Falls, running that studio. Unfortunately, in the summer of 1926, the Peasley's studio actually gets burned out. They have a big fire, and the Peasley's are forced to leave town. 
Later in an interview, they say they, they went to San Francisco for a while, to the Bay Area, to work in studios there. But by March of 1927, they have actually come back to Oregon and moved to Medford, where they buy out a studio. Now, as a side note, the studio they buy out is actually co-owned by a woman photographer, but that's a, definitely a story for another day. Anyway, these are the Peasleys who run the studio in Medford, Oregon, in the late 1920s, early 1930s. There are various ads, various indications in the directories that they're running the studio there. Interestingly, they have a radio show for a while in 1929. I kind of wondered what a photography studio radio show would have been like. That was an intriguing thing to find mentioned in the newspaper. So from 1927 until maybe 1935, 1936, that's when Lorene and Bert Peasley are running the Peasley Studio in Medford. All right, so we've answered our basic question then. Who were the photographers behind the photo that we have of my husband's grandmother taken in 1932 in Medford, Oregon? In 1932, when Helene Koch went into the Peasley studio to get her portrait made, it is quite possible that a woman photographer, Mrs. Lorraine Peasley, could have taken that picture. And that's kind of fun to figure out. In terms of what else happened to Lorraine and Bert Peasley after they were in Medford, Oregon in the 1930s? Well, it's a little hard to say. I mean, they're definitely there in 1935. The 1936 Medford directory is missing. In 1937, they're not in Medford anymore, and I'm not quite sure where they are, but in the 1940 census, they're living with Lorene Peasley's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Hanner, in what's called Election Precinct 5 in Washington County, Oregon. That's probably Tigert, Oregon, where the Hanners had a country home. In the 1940 census, Bert is still a photographer. Albert and Lorene do pop up in the 1943 directory in Portland. He's working as a photographer for someone else, but Lorene no longer has a profession. And in 1943, apparently that's the time when Bert and Lorene were having some problems with their marriage. So unfortunately for Bert, his third marriage is not a success. And they wind up getting divorced, and Lorene remarries. Now, what's interesting is that her full name was Mary Lorene Bowman. And so it turns out that when she gets remarried, she doesn't use Lorene anymore. She uses Mary. But it's clearly her who marries this man named Bowman in 1944. Lorene winds up living all the way till 1987, but there's no evidence that she ever did photography again. As for Bert Peasley, well, he dies in 1948 in Portland, and there's really no evidence that he did photography between that mentioned in the 1943 directory and 1948, because there's just no evidence for him between 1943 and 1948. But I got to think that he probably did still work for other photography studios there in Portland, because he did seem to always bounce around working for others, even if he wasn't running the studio himself. So you might think that's where the story ends, but today I want to add a little bit more information about Bert Peasley. It has nothing to do with his photography, but it was an interesting story that we stumbled on when we were doing research to figure out about Bert and Anna and Alda and Lorene. So as it turns out, as I said, Albert E. Peasley, who I'm calling Bert, was the son of a man named Albert Peasley and a woman named Sarah Peasley. By 
1892, the Peasleys have moved to Nebraska City. And that is where the father, Albert, takes a correspondence course on what's called magnetic healing. It's something that combines a little bit of being a masseuse, a little bit of being a a natural healer. Um, And so Albert Peasley, that's again the father, he starts calling himself Professor Peasley and opens up a business in Kansas practicing magnetic healing. By 1905, Professor Peasley and his wife, Sarah, are living in Atchison, Kansas. Now, I know this because in 1905, there's an incident that happens that is really quite striking. You see, Professor Peasley and his wife, Sarah, were living in Atchison. And as Professor Peasley explained it later, a messenger boy came to the door and delivered a powder from the local doctor for Sarah Peasley to take. Sarah Peasley took this powder and she died because that powder was strychnine. She was poisoned. Now, the messenger boy that Professor Peasley said came to the door was never found. And the strychnine was found to have been purchased in Leavenworth, Kansas. And there was a witness who said that Professor Peasley was there at the right time period and had bought it, but he consistently denied ever having been there. He was arrested and charged with the murder of his wife, Sarah Peasley. And again, I'm just bringing this up as a side story because these are the parents of Bert Peasley, the photographer that I've been talking about. So during the trial, Professor Peasley is represented by his brother-in-law, who is also his half-brother. Apparently, the two half-brothers married sisters. Professor Peasley's brother-in-law acted as his defense attorney. And at the trial, his defense attorney brought in Sarah Peasley's sister, who maybe was that lawyer's wife because the two half-brothers had married sisters, of course. Anyway, Sarah Peasley's sister claimed that Sarah had mentioned being suicidal. Now, this was an interesting tactic to take because when the professor was originally arrested, he had insisted that he had been happily married for 39 years to Sarah, and she would have no reason to take her own life, but he would also have no reason to have killed her. But the defense strategy was to claim that, in fact, it was suicide. And the jury believed that suicide theory and wound up acquitting Professor Peasley. So afterwards, he goes back to working as a magnetic healer. And in 1908, he has a problem with one of his clients who don't pay, and so he sues them. In 1915, there's actually an incident that happens where he's hit by a streetcar, and he winds up suing the city of Etchison, trying to get $15,000. What he says is that he's unable to pursue his masseuse career, i.e. his magnetic healing career, because of his injury suffered in that streetcar accident. Interestingly, I don't know what happened between the time of 1915 and 1927, but there is an Albert Peasley who dies in 1927 in Medford, Oregon. And I do think that that's the Professor Peasley, the father of Bert Peasley, the photographer who, with his wife Lorreen, are living in Medford in 1927. So it's just fascinating to just stumble on these interesting backstories of some of the characters that I profile here on the podcast. But since that's not a photography story, I want to leave you today with the preview of what I'm going to talk about in the related part two of this Peasley saga. And that's going back to talking about 
Bert Peasley's second wife, Alda Burke Peasley. After she and Bert Peasley break up, as I said before, she stays in Portland and she starts running a studio under her own name. And in fact, what we're going to discover in the next episode is that Alda Peasley will become one of the most celebrated portrait artists in Portland's history. During her own lifetime, she was definitely very well known and very well regarded. But I'm going to bring you that story in part two of the Peasleys next time. copy of that lovely photo of my husband's paternal grandmother, Helene Coculi, that one that was taken in Medford, Oregon by the Peasleys in 1932, the photo that started us off on our quest today, I'll put a copy of that in the episode notes at p3photographers.net. That's letter P, number three, photographers.net. As always, if you have any questions, send an email to podcast at p3photographers.net. And remember, you can always follow Photographs, Pistols, and Paracels on Facebook at facebook.com p3photographers. I really want to say a big thank you again to my father-in-law, Stan, for sharing this wonderful photo of his mother. It's always so exciting to start off on a quest with one photo and one photographer that you're looking for and discover all of these other photographers and other stories along the way. I also want to thank my husband, Chris Cooley, who was, as always, very instrumental in helping track down many of the details as we tried to piece together a little bit more about the lives of Bert Peasley and his three different wives. As I said, the Peasley saga will continue in the next episode, where we'll do a deep dive to learn more about the life and career of Mrs. Peasley number 2, Alda Burke Peasley. We'll see what happens to her after she parts ways with Bert Peasley and stays there in Portland doing photography. But that's it for today. Thanks for stopping by. Until next time, I'm Lee, and this is Photographs, Pistols, and Parasols. <laughs>